One of the hardest jobs for a founder and CEO is to hire a great engineering team. And if you're based in the Bay, competing with the salaries of Google and Facebook does not make it any easier, which is why I'm really excited to introduce our next sponsor, Turing. Turing makes it really easy to build a software engineering team. Go to Turing.com and they will find you hand-selective top-tier engineers that can work with you on a remote basis. Turing.com is backed by Foundation Capital, Founders Fund, other execs from Google, Facebook, Amazon, and more. And they are on a path to help companies like you find a remote engineering team and not spend years doing it. So if this is interesting to you in any capacity, I would check out Turing.com, T-U-R-I-N-G.com. And when they ask you, how'd you hear about Turing, make sure to tell them you came from the Forward Thinking Founders podcast, specifically tell them Matt Sherman 6, 6 is in the month June, and get that remote engineering team today, not in six months, not in a year, today. And by the way, you get a two-week risk-free trial to give it a shot. So what are you waiting for? Go to Turing.com, T-U-R-I-N-G.com, and I'll see you over there. Now let's get into the show. All right. How's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders, where we talk to founders about their companies, their visions of the, f- of the future, and how the two collide. Today, I'm very excited to be talking to Jaron Petty, who is the founder of Colorstack. Welcome to the show. How is it going? Hey, how are you doing? Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on. I, I appreciate you coming on and looking forward to diving into more about Colorstack. For people that don't know what you're working on or don't know what Colorstack is, can you tell us what it is? For sure. Colorstack is a nonprofit organization recently founded um, to increase the entrance, retention, and success of Black and Latinx students pursuing computer science and computer science-related majors. Awesome. So we'd love to dive into, actually, before we talk about how it works and like how someone can get involved in that capacity, we'd love to hear a little bit about why you wanted to start it. Um, why computer science? Just a little bit of the origin story would would be awesome to hear. Yeah, for sure. So uh, to make it brief, um, so I studied computer science uh, at Cornell. Uh, I actually graduated about a week ago. Um, and Congratulations. That's awesome. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much. Um, so yeah, so you know, as when I got to Cornell, um, it was a very interesting experience because I grew up in a very mixed area in New York and didn't really feel um, isolated because of my skin color or my race or anything like that. Um, while acknowledging the fact that there, you know, there's a history in America and just definitely, definitely some diversity issues. Um, so when I got to Cornell, uh, that was the first time where I was like in a classroom and I was like the only black student, right? And that was my first time, you know, feeling like I didn't belong or feeling that imposter syndrome. Um, and so once I got my first internship after freshman year, um, that's when I realized that it was bigger than just Cornell. It was kind of an industry problem. You know, this opportunity, the opportunities that I was receiving, uh, not many other folks in my community were receiving. And so I worked to build, um, I, I invested my own time into supporting students um, through mentorship and, and, and just preparation uh, and then found um, an organization on campus that was growing and kind of helped them accelerate their growth uh, to, 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 to really address retention issues at Cornell. 
Um, so grew that organization from 15 members to over 200 now. We have almost 300 actually at this point. Um, and just found that a lot of stakeholders, key stakeholders around the, around the tech ecosystem needed this thing to exist at scale. And so, you know, the origin of ColorStack was basically we built something amazing and valuable at Cornell that changed a lot of lives and will provide value to a lot of uh, stakeholders like the schools and companies and professionals. And so ColorStack is scaling that across the country. So we'd love to talk a little bit about what makes up color stack so if someone wanted to get involved are there events is there online networking is it mentoring is it something else yeah. completely is it all of that can you kind of go into um what's the experience of someone that gets involved with color stack yeah for sure so from the student perspective um you know that's our that's who we're serving mainly um they're gonna get involved on campus so we have this natural community and any student on any campus can join, but our, our real value add is our uh, student-led chapters. And so what a student-led chapter is, it's just a student-led club as any other club uh, on, on a campus uh, would look like. Um, but we have a, a, a huge focus on student leadership and empowering students and really teaching students how to be leaders. I, I, um, I know like on campus nowadays, it's kind of like how many uh, roles can you kind of put on your resume and, you know, extracurriculars are kind of not as serious as you want them to be. Um, and they're very cyclic in terms of their impact because students come in and out of leadership roles, but we want to focus really on teaching students how to lead and not having it just be, you know, a role that you put on your resume, um, because the work that you do is very transformative. And, um, you know, we've seen the impact that it has at Cornell. So from the nonprofit side, what we provide to these students um, is that support um, on how to lead and be transformed on their campus, be advocates for their community, and really bring about the change that we want. We don't want to just bring these students together. We want to bring them together and identify those, identify and address the key issues that are preventing students from, from uh, entering the major um, and succeeding in the major. Um, and in addition to that, uh, there we, we try to plug in uh, companies and professionals as well so professionals can engage uh, through mentorship um, we have a group mentorship program that we're launching this summer um, and from the company perspective we are just helping them do what they already uh, do on campuses um, when it comes to university recruitment uh, we're just working with them to be a little more creative um, in targeting this specific group Got it. That that all makes a lot of sense. And it sounds incredible. I'd love to, you know, something else that I, a feeling that I'm kind of intimate with is the, the feeling of like just starting something new and just getting something off of the ground and, you know, and then mm -hmm. the feeling of that. And obviously this is something extremely special and, and we'll, we'll have, we'll have serious impact. Um, but I want to kind of go over, how do you feel um, just getting off of the ground, like, like, I guess, why did you decide to start exactly when you started? Um, and right. what was it like to get this nonprofit off the ground? Um, you know, what were some of the things that you learned? What were some un unexpected things that happened? Um, it's just so mm -hmm. rare you get to capture the almost the founding of, of, of an organization. So we'd love to hear like your experience with that as it's so as it's something something that recently happened. Right. So in terms of like why now and just all the timing, um, I actually wasn't planning on, uh, on doing this uh, a year ago. Um, 
you know, a year ago, I was ending my first semester as the co-president of that, of the org URMC um, at Cornell, where this was kind of, this idea was kind of born out of. Out of. Um, and, you know, that was the first semester where we really drove home, home some impact, really started growing. Um, everybody was happy. Everybody was succeeding. Um, and I was just like, okay, we did something great for Cornell. And that was my goal all along was like, how can I, you know, just play my part and do something in my immediate community to address this issue at large. Um, but then what happened was as I, as anybody would, you know, you share what you're doing and people ask you about it and kind of explain further. And what I found was that when I'm talking to university recruiters, when I'm talking to engineering leaders, when I'm talking to other students from other campuses, they all seemed to really like want this. Like it wasn't just like a, oh, congrats on all success. It was how can, it was a how can I get involved, you know, and I was never thinking about it beyond Cornell. And so that led me to really start thinking about, OK, how can we make this bigger than Cornell? Um, because Carnegie Mellon needs it, uh, MIT needs it, right? Stanford needs it, so let's 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 give it to them, right? Um, and so uh, that was kind of the why now, um, or at least why I started thinking about it uh, in my going into my senior year. But then the real push was I had a mentor who, or I have a mentor currently who uh, is the founder of Dev Color, which um, uh, a good amount of tech folks should know. Um, their nonprofit community for black software engineers. And he was the one who truly pushed me and planted the seed in me to, to make this a national organization and actually pursue this. Um, we had a nice conversation at my internship last summer. Um, he sent me this long, like paragraph after paragraph um, chain of messages that night that I'll never forget that just really showed me that somebody really has seized the potential in this, and this is somebody who has been an engineer, has been successful there, and been a non nonprofit founder, been successful there, and is believing that I can do something at that scale. Um, like, it was a no-brainer to me that like something was something was here that I needed to take advantage of. Um, and so that's kind of why I started it and what the timing was. I, I didn't plan to do it at all. It just kind of came to me. It was right under my nose, um, and then. Uh, in regards to your second question about kind of just what the process for starting the nonprofit itself, I would say that we're still in that process. Um, you know, I launched, uh, but, you know, we still don't have things like a bank account, right? We still don't have, um, still working on our 501c3 status. So I think the, the toughest part has just been remembering that as a founder of, a, of any type of business, there are other things you have to think about beyond vision. And I think a lot of founders um, like myself, like I can get caught up in just the vision, the product, the mission, like all that stuff. But at the end of the day, I remember, I got to remember that, you know, I need to comply with certain laws and, you know, I need to fill out certain applications and I need to write this document and put this together. Um, so that's, that's been the more annoying part. Um, but I think a couple other lessons that I've learned have just been just to be flexible and just to listen. Um, when I first started out, on this journey, I we had this like ideal vision of like how we wanted to execute. We wanted you know X amount of companies to con to commit this amount of money. Um, and we wanted like this 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 top tier sponsor that would just pay for everything because it's such a good mission. And 
you know, after a few months, it became very clear that that was idealistic and that companies are going to contribute money from their university recruiting budget. And I learned about how tight those budgets are. And I just learned so much in like that process of um, approaching a conversation with uh, my idealistic view of what, what should happen and learning very quickly how the world works and how different companies work. Um, so I had to be very flexible. Um, it's been almost a year now and we've changed kind of our strategy so many times. And then with COVID, um, we definitely had to change a lot of our um, initial plans to do a lot of in-person engagement and go virtual. So, you know, it's been, it's been a wild ride and it seems like every month there's something new that, that, that kind of takes things off, off the tracks. But, um, you know, I believe in the mission and then I'm ready to, 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 to see that uh, vision, that long-term vision come to reality. So let's actually talk about the, the long-term vision. If you look out, let's say, you know, a decade or however far out you want to look is totally fine. What does, <laughs> what, what does color stack look like and what, do, what's the impact look like? And I guess, I guess what my question is, what's the big vision and what will it look like, you know, in a decade or two when it all said and done and it's like, it's happened. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, my vision is to ensure that any black or Latinx, any racially underrepresented student uh, that attends college and wants to pursue computer science can do just that, right? Has no barriers in their way of pursuing uh, that degree and persisting through the, through, uh, the major. And what that looks like um, in, in terms of like maybe numbers and things like that, like we can reach a point where one, we have color stack chapters on almost every campus across the country. Um, retention is no longer a problem on, especially in the top uh, CS, at uh, the top CS schools. And the companies that recruit from these top CS schools are no longer looking at, you know, 1% black representation in technical roles. Maybe it's 5%, hopefully it's 10%. Um, that's the type of impact that I'm trying to have. Um, at Cornell, we're almost tripling the amount of uh, CS graduates that uh, are black and Latinx. And so I want to see that kind of cascade into um, hires from those companies and, and, and their uh, numbers increasing as well. That's a exciting, exciting vision to paint, um, and I think you paint it well. I, I, I've, I've to, to kind of go towards the end of the podcast. I've, I have two questions to ask. One is for uh, about color stack, and the second one mm-hmm. is just over overall what's going on. Um, and but they're both the same question. The question is yeah. for color stack. Um, how can the forward thinking founders community help you make your vision happen? How, how can we help? Um, if anyone's listening right. in a position to, yeah, I guess, I guess in what way are we able to help you out? For sure. Yeah. Thank you. Um, I think right now there's a few things. So for me as a founder, I think I need help in just in terms of navigating the experience of being a founder, right? Like uh, uh, choosing team team members and like uh figuring out what resources i need um help with like fundraising and and even just communication like am i communicating the vision right like i in my head i know exactly what 
color stack is going to do how valuable we are i see it day in and day out but am i communicating that to the world so just like founder help would be uh, would be helpful right now um the second thing um is we are nonprofits, so you know if there is any uh sources of funding that uh, we can tap into uh, early on that, that could hopefully be a long-term relationship. That is also helpful. Um, the third thing is awareness uh, to students. So one thing that we might have struggled, uh, might have um, issues with is the fact that since on any given campus, um, the communities are so small uh, of Black Latinx CS students, they might not be connected enough to even hear about ColorStack. Right, and so that I worry that there's that one um, black uh, CS student at whatever school um, that that has still yet to hear about us and is contemplating dropping their major uh, because they have no community there. Um, but if they would just hear about us, um, you know, there's there would be hope. So just you know, kind of spreading awareness would be helpful. And then I think the last thing is if there's any um, technical. Uh, or listeners that are, are have a technical background, um, just offering uh, your contact info to add to the professional network, the ColorStack professional network. Um, there is going to be tons, uh, tons of opportunities as the community grows to kind of pour into students, whether that be through mentorship, a workshop, um, you know, referrals to companies, um, even a hire if you're running a startup or anything like that. So, I, I, my vision is to build up this professional network. Um, to a point where I can tap them into our student community in a way that's valuable to them, but that doesn't intrude on, on our space as Black and Latinx uh, students. All right, very thorough ways to help. I, I appreciate that. Uh, and then uh, um, my last question uh, before we just get URL and contact info, if you have any, mm -hmm. is, you know, right now is, you know, kind of a dark, dark time for 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 the country and for the world yeah um you know there's there's a lot going on in the streets in the, with the government with our president and it's just um it, it's hard to watch and i think a lot of people are a lot of people are asking you know themselves <laughs> and i sure know i am uh what how can we help what is something that we can do whether you know me, I, in me in particular i'm white i'm sure there's other other white people that are wondering there's probably black people there's probably Latin, like a, a, every types of people just want to help so my question for you um and i'm almost asking like personally like like me just asking you like how how how, how can i help and how can my listeners <laughs> help how can we help with what's going on in our country and and help solve these systemic problems that we're having um because i don't i sure don't have the answers i don't think i don't think any single person does but you know perspective is always more helpful than just you know screaming into a vacuum so do you have mm -hmm. any thoughts on on how the listeners can help make our country like a little better for everyone yeah i think there, there's a i have a lot of thoughts around that um and i think it gets tricky um but, uh, you know, the main way, like you said, is to ask and listen um, and just be open to these different perspectives and this, these different experiences that we're having um, while realizing that there is the, the potential for like a person like myself or, or the person that any given listener would ask might just be tired of, you know, reiterating, you know, the reality that we're going through. Right. So I think, you know, folks that are that are trying to help and be allies here need to um 
also be intentional about like going out on their own and, and doing their own research, right? Like all the things that are going on, you know, there's video documentation going around on Twitter. There's books that you can read about the history of things. There's tons of articles and things like that. And I think, you know, right now is a time uh, for education. I think, you know, this is something that I personally have been viewing for the past ever since I can remember, I think middle school is really when I first started to to see things like this. And, you know, it's good that we're all, I, I think this is the most visibility um, police brutality and things like that has, has gotten in a while, um, but it, it's not new. And so I think, you know, it, it's time to just educate and just listen and learn about what's going on. Um, and then what it comes down to, and what I'm currently trying to teach myself as well is uh, how how do we actually influence that change, right? Beyond the protests, right? Who who are the key decision makers, um, and who writes what laws, and who has what influence um, on the different areas that impact uh, our lives? And how can I vote? How can I use my vote to make that difference? So um, there's a lot of resources going around there, um, but I think we all have a lot of learning to do and just figuring out how we can make that impact. But at the end of the day, if you want to stay aware of what's going on, um, you can follow folks like myself on social media. You can um, support organizations, not only like uh, Black Lives Matter and a lot of the uh, bail relief funds are, that are going around, but you know, ongoing support of organizations that are supporting uh, these students. Um, and these people um, across the country, um, and not only just using your, your your money, but interacting with that group. So if, if we ever receive a check from Colorstack, I you know for Colorstack, you know I would love you know for the writer of that check to I don't you don't have to necessarily join our Slack workspace or anything like that, but you know speak to a student, um, speak to me, right? Let's have that dialogue so that you can really learn and and engulf yourself in in the experience. I really appreciate all of that. It's all it's all good to think about, and it's a very healthy perspective. As there's, you know, as mentioned, everyone's you know trying to figure out how to help, and I think that that's all very yeah. helpful. So I appreciate that. You you mentioned um, one thing in there regards if 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 to follow people on Twitter, potentially you and, and others. I for yeah. the the, la the last part of, of the podcast, we'll have to just know like how can people get in touch? What is your Twitter? Um, what is the URL for Color Stack? Do you have an email? I guess ha if people want to get in touch or learn more about Color Stack or you, where where can they follow you? Yeah, for sure. So in terms of Color Stack, uh, www.colorstack.org um, is our website, and then Color Stack org org um, on Instagram and Twitter. So Color Stack org on both of those, um, and then for myself. Uh, my Twitter is my first name. So J E H R O N P. Um, and my email is my first name at colorstack.org. All right. Thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. I think Colorstack has an extremely exciting future, especially because it's early days. So I'll be following along and helping how I can. So thank you so much for coming on and I wish you the best of luck with Colorstack. Perfect. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for this opportunity as well. You got it.
All right, thank you for tuning in to that episode of Forward Thinking Founders. I really want to thank our sponsors of today's episode, Turing, for supporting June's episodes of Forward Thinking Founders. If you are a startup founder or a CEO and have any need for technical talent or need an engineering team, specifically a remote engineering team, I highly encourage you to check out Turing.com and see what they can do for you. They have a two-week risk-free trial where you can check out what they have going on. And if you go over to Turing.com, T-U-R-I-N-G.com, tell them Matt Sherman sent you. Tell them Matt Sherman 6, 6 being the month of June. Thanks for listening to today's episode, and I'll see you tomorrow. Peace.